This is The Worth Report. On today's show, we'll speak with Roberta Burt Harper, CEO of the Women's Intercultural Exchange. Now, here are your hosts, Nick Wharton and Glenn Wright. Good Saturday. If it's Saturday morning, it's The Worth Report. Welcome. I'm your host, Nick Warden, here with my good friend, Glenn Wright, president and founder of Worth Financial. Each week, we'll bring you news that you can immediately use to manage your financial planning and offer commentary on local, national, and global events that affect your ability to sustain your financial future. Glenn, I did say it was a good Saturday, and I think, you know, after what we've experienced uh, over the last uh, week, I think it is a good Saturday. How are you doing? I agree. I'm doing great. Last week was a little rough. Um, with everything we were dealing with in Charlotte, but uh, I feel a little bit better. I feel like the sun is out a little bit, a little bit more, and people are are starting to talk about things that were really under the rug, right? Um, and so now we're starting to see a little bit of that change. This week we actually had a, an event, Women Worth More, the yes, event that yes. we uh, sponsored along with WIE Women's Intercultural Exchange, and it was just fantastic. The mayor was there. What she really? You know, was she every, in good spirits? Oh, great spirits. Excellent. I mean, Excellent. I mean, she rocked it. Did she? And uh, and really, I mean, the, the entire audience was uh, certainly motivated and inspired by the panelists. Uh, it was fantastic. This is a way where we try to give back to the community, and um, and it, I would certainly say it was a win win for right. everybody involved. Right. Well, that, that's good news. So, w- one interesting distraction was certainly the um, uh, the Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump debate. No. I thought that was uh, spellbinding, actually, <laughs> and I was so impressed um, with um, with Donald Trump. Yes, actually impressed with his lack of information. Actually, <laughs> but uh, I thought that um, candidate uh, Clinton did a, a pretty intense job. I thought it was impressive. Even her opponents have said that she did a good job. So I, I thought it was interesting. Well, I don't know how. I mean, the bar wasn't set very high, so. I mean, she sound she she sounded like she was informed. She read a couple of things, right? And clearly, um, right. He didn't. Well, she's very skilled. I mean, I think that's the reality. I was hearing uh, some comments about her having sort of overprepared. You know, so, so this conversation today is a really interesting one because mm-hmm. we have uh, the president uh, of um, the Women's Interculture Exchange, who know they know a lot about women and gender equity and how women lead. And so one of the things I thought was interesting, and I'm going I'm to, when we introduce our guest, I'm going to ask her about this, is one thing I thought was fascinating is that here you have Hillary Clinton, obviously experienced, obviously skilled, obviously knowledgeable, uh, and of course her opponent, you know, not very skilled politician, admittedly not, you know, knowledgeable about so many things. Uh, and yet, you know, she shines and her sort of performance gets sort of marginalized in a sense. They say the bar's lowered because of the male she's competing with. And that's probably true. But it also marginalizing how well she actually did. She really did do well. I mean, even if whoever she was competing with, she was really good. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today. Nick, tell me how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just like to see competent people, you know, who answer questions. And whether you agree with them or not, I mean, I just... Uh, you know, the grasp of information, you know, it just intrigues me, you know, whether well, or not you agree with it or not. Well, 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 I will say this. There were questions that weren't asked on, on really on, on both sides. Absolutely. Uh, questions that she didn't get a chance to, to answer. That's true. So I'm going to be curious to see in the next debates 
if right. those come around and then how she's going to actually handle them. I, I think you're uh, right. Via email. Right. I mean, the, the emails for it's one. It's a huge issue. Uh, with trade, I mean, oh, you have to own yeah. NAFTA. NAFTA was a part of that. Absolutely. And then also what even with Glass-Steagall, when yes. we look at the collapse, That's right. um, the, the collapse didn't come from all these other aspects no. or just trade itself. It really, the big part of that was Glass-Steagall. So That's right. You're right. I, I think you're so right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious yeah. to see how those questions are really answered. Right, right. Well, the favorability rating of both the House you know, and the Senate are as low as it's been ever. So anyone coming from either those areas will not, you know, fare well given the issues you raise. So, but I'll tell you, I have to say, I, I am happy that uh, of, of our guest today. I mean, yes. you know, we, we definitely need to make sure she's introduced properly. She's Absolutely. family with us, so yes, yeah, she is. So <laughs> it, you know, we, what we wanted is get her to start talking. You know, that's right. But but certainly, I, I'm gonna yeah. let you do the introduction. Yeah, thank you, and, thank you. And then we'll go ahead and sure. Keep so going. so today we have the president of um, Women's Intercultural Exchange. Bert Harper, an organization that is very dear to both you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we serve on the board of directors. We're champions, and that's a sort of aspirational term, um, I suppose, to about what we will do, not what we have done, almost like having gotten a, um, a Nobel Peace Prize like uh, Barack Obama hey, got, hey, having hey done now, nothing, hey but now. he was as- <laughs> it was aspirational, right? He got a Nobel Peace Prize, right? So, so Bert, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank so you. You, you've heard a, a little, little chat, really, about uh, the... Debate reason. What's, what's your sort of reaction before you kind of go into talking about your organization? What, how, did, how did the debates land on you as a, a leader uh, in, in, in the community of Charlotte? Well, for, for me, when uh, Hillary was talking, and just like I think she even said, when women are out there and in those spots, we have to outperform mm-hmm. anybody that's out there. So mm-hmm. we really have to be almost doubly or triply prepared. And that even comes back from my whole working career in corporate corporations, because I know anytime I was out there and I was leading and doing what I needed to get done, I had to almost know it more like 100 percent rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, 70 percent and have my team get me there. It's just a little bit. It's not a little bit. It's a lot different uh, in that Mm -hmm. perspective. So. I have to say she did prepare and and she handled herself well. And like um, you said, Glenn, we'll see what other questions came out, because sure. my my whole thing was I don't believe we really got to hear what they are really going to do. It was more of what they think the other person's not doing. And I'm ready to hear what can you do for me exactly. rather than, oh, you can't do that. I, I or you did this, or I'm, I'm sure. kind of done with that. Yes. I would prefer to hear what are you going to do for us so then we know we can get behind that. Wow. Well, I, I thank you for that. That's spot on. So so the Women's Intercultural Exchange, um, 10 years in Charlotte. Correct. Wow. 10 years, 10 years. And Tell I us ha- about the mission. Tell us about this organization. Well, thank you. Uh, I have only been a part of this since 2000 and the end of 2012. So I have to give a lot, a lot of credit to Stephanie Counts and Dee Dixon, who founded this organization. Uh, and they actually started in 2005. And if you think about, and these are my words, not theirs particularly, but when I think about 2005, 
the country had more money than we knew what to do with. Mm. Um, we, yes, that's we, true. It was before 2008 and yes. all those other issues. And so part of that, they wanted to bring 100 women of color together and really talk about what do women of color want and need. And that's important because... You know, we talk about gender. We're mm-hmm. not there yet. It's still mm-hmm. the eighty twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, thing of how we are in leaders. You know, in leadership roles and those kinds of things. So, how do how do we deal with this? So, they stepped out and said, "Let's find out." And they wanted to get facts and data. So they really got the data. At the same time, Robert Putnam, uh, Harvard, came out with his social capital study, and he looked at forty cities at that. Point. And Charlotte ranked first in, I think it was first and fourth in faith-based and, and philanthropy. That's correct. No big surprise because just how this city has grown and all the great work there. We have churches on every corner. Mm-hmm. It it's a, it's a great spot. But we rank 39 out of 40 on trust across race and culture. Wow. Okay, so that, but that was really fitting right in with what Stephanie and Dee found as far as uh, what they were hearing uh, from the 100 women of of color and Mm -hmm. when they were looking at their data and the analysis Mm -hmm. from that conversation. And at the same time, and it's still happening on the demographics, um, our Latina population keeps growing, what, 300%? Uh, every 10 years, I th- that keeps coming for the last couple mm-hmm. of decades. Asian population is growing. Uh, black population is pretty flat. Mm-hmm. Caucasian, just in the last few years, is actually, we're the minority now. Mm-hmm. So th- mm-hmm. things are changing here. And yes. so they were like, we do need to do something about this uh, trust thing around, around race and culture. Because if we want to be the city we want to be, you really have got to have that. And and of course, since I've been part of this, I've run into people that are not from the South. They're from other like, you know, New York and all that. They come in here. What are you guys talking about? You know, what mm-hmm. is it? It's different. Mm-hmm. It's really, really different here. So with all of that happening, um, they said, OK, we have got to get with our Caucasian sisters. And so that's when they brought in Joan Zimmerman, Sally Robinson, and actually talked to them. And what do you think? What? What's important to you? And then that's when they really start thinking about that is important. And we would love to support you if, Stephanie, you could take this and go. And, of course, Dee needed to take care of Pride Magazine, Pride Communications, because that was her business. But then Stephanie took that on and said, okay, let's let's go with it. And, of course, Dee was there to help, but she had more to do with her, her sure. business. But that's how it actually got started was all that data and information. It wasn't just a gut. It was a lot of data bringing people together mm-hmm. and hearing what they had to say and then all this other information mm-hmm. that came along with it. Wow. So how did it get funded? How did, how did that happen? How was it able to sustain itself early in those early days? Well, those early days, and as I said, that was in 2005 and 2006 mm-hmm. is when they became a, a, a nonprofit, a 501c3. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, there was more money that mm-hmm. larger companies okay. had, and it was easy to go in there and say, "Here's what we're going to do." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can give mm-hmm. you some. I can give you right. some big numbers here yeah. to help you get this thing started. Diversity and inclusion, of course, it aligned to, with those initiatives. It, aligned with those initiatives. Right. Those were really important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, and they were kind of kicking that stuff off. And so they were able to get early funding um, from, 
you know, those corporations that said, I can support that. I have and I have the money. There was no question in that space about availability. And and that's how they wow. were able to to get started. So that's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, you know, this issue of trust is, you know, we just, you know, the, the sort of clarion call that came out of this whole riot, if you will, uh, was trust. We talk about mm-hmm. social economic mobility, right, as, as a major factor. We've been talking about wealth for a number of weeks right. on this show. But uh, the issue of trust was really what was being heard over and over again. And so we seem like you've moved off that target. And it sounds like Women's Intercultural Exchange has perhaps been the only organization that has been working on trust. And it's very interesting as the years have progressed and we talk to other people about what we're doing and they will absolutely say, you are the only ones that have stuck to your mission. And that mission is to build trust across race and culture to be said very simply. Okay. Because we do it through education. We do it through ways of where we always bring a multicultural group of people to have a conversation. Because you can talk about finance as you guys do, but... An Asian or a Latina mm-hmm. or um, black or Caucasian, mm-hmm. we all think about it differently, mm-hmm. totally differently. So you have to have those different people to have those perspectives so you could truly be able to um, help them figure out, well, what does that mean for me and how am I going to make a change or, oh, I don't need to put my money in my mattress I need to trust that this bank's going to be here. Or, I mean, it could be that simple sometimes. It it really can be. uh, Based off of how you were raised, where you come from, um, that kind of thing. So uh, interesting, interesting times. But Mm -hmm. I love to hear those uh, conversations because they do bring a lot of people to go, oh, my gosh, I never thought about it that way. And I need to talk to them differently. And I need to spend time to learn who that person really is. We are really good about talking about the weather, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and all of that great stuff. Sports. But sometimes right. sports. Yeah, right. yeah but right. mm-hmm. sometimes we just don't yeah. ask the question, of, well, how are right. you really doing? I don't mm-hmm. want you to tell me I'm fine. I want to know. Well, why is it different for you? Mm-hmm. I love cultures. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I've grown to even love more is just all these different traditions mm-hmm. and things that bring family together, which then it brings all of us together if, as we mm-hmm. understand that, share a mm-hmm. meal together. Some of those sure. things are very simple, but that we find yeah. is important. Well, you're yeah, a tremendous spokesperson uh, for the organization. I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you. Um, I know you had a very prestigious banking career. What what led you to be the CEO of, of WIE? You could have retired, gone to your you know down to the beach, and never looked back. What what keeps you going? What keeps you inspired? Because you're because you're all over the place, uh, working <laughs> on on behalf uh, of WIE and really investing in the community. What what drive what what started the drive and what keeps you driven and motivated? Well, what started the drive um, kind of goes back to in my career. I was given a lot of great coaching, great support, and I will say most of my mentors and sponsors were men because when I started my career, I was on the investment side. I was on the funding side of the bank, not for corporations, but the actual bank. 
um, securities licenses. You know, I've done a lot of great stuff. And so I had some people that saw I had potential and I was willing to work and, you know, it just allowed me to go. So that I want to give back. It's time, it's time to give back. I worked 40 years in that corporate environment and, and it was a gift. And Mm. like, well, I'll even say like Vanessa Harrison's story Mm -hmm. that she talks about of when she said, I went in and I wanted this job and I got it. And then I got the job and they said, you need to do the 401k. You need to do, um, you know, United Way. You need to, to, to do all these things. Well, it happened kind of similar for me is because I was in that space, so it was easier for me to go, okay, I get this. So I had a lot of coaching, so I started saving really early, okay? And I was pretty conservative at the beginning because I didn't understand stocks. And in my lifetime, because I went through Texas, my career went through Texas, I was at a failed bank. I saw people Mm. lose their entire entire retirement because they had all bank stock that's all they had and so one of the things i learned early you never put everything in one basket right never and so so anyhow with all of that and that opportunity uh to give back even when i was working i ended up being in girl scouts um my daughters were in there, but when I moved to um, Charlotte, worked with a lawyer here, and she said, they're looking for board members. You need to go over there. So I did, and I talked to him, and ended up being on the board, ended up being chair longer than than anticipated because guess what? We went through a merger, <laughs> and that is a hard merger when nobody owns anything, mm-hmm. uh, and you're trying to bring councils together. And they had all the right things, but we learned from there you do – you do things uh, for the good of what you're doing, and that happened to be girls at that time. And mm. we actually ended up everything we wanted, and we had a leadership center, and we have all this great stuff. And I say we still. My money's still going there in a sense. But <laughs> but there was what that. And so when I finished that, I rolled off all my friends that I met on a board, and I would recommend anybody to be on boards because you have a different type of talent sitting around that table. It was excellent. You know, when you're in banking, you have kind of banking thinking and all this stuff, but you go out differently. You have just this different talent. So I, they said, you need to get involved with gender equity, and that was with Vision 2020, which was Drexel mm-hmm. University. I got there. Well, part of being a North Carolina delegate, you had to have initiative because it's about collaboration. What are we doing intentional? Because 2020 is when women have their 100th anniversary of our right to vote. Doesn't seem possible. We haven't even voted for 100 years, right? And that seems very strange to me still, but we're working towards that. And that's how I met WIE, because they actually, what I believed was a good plan was to have a mentoring across or mentoring program for university students. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot that was going on for younger folks, not that it's enough out there, but what were we doing to help these university students? Because... Sometimes those career centers, which are good, they don't understand how these large companies have such a wealth of opportunity, and they don't understand that and can navigate, and how do you do that? Mm. And besides, my daughter, who really thinks I'm smart, but if it comes from you guys, it comes better from somebody else, and it could say the very same thing. It's funny how that works, isn't it? It is funny how that works. So. So anyhow, that's how I got there, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I ended up, and Stephanie is a great 
<laughs> great person that gets out there and says, I need to have you here. And I ended up there on the board. And then all of a sudden, here I am. I'm CEO. And I, I, I'm really here to give back. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I feel like is what God asked me to do. Mm-hmm. It's just it's time to give back sure. and share what I learned and, and just work to help other people get there. Well, let's talk about giving back. Uh, so, so let's talk about how women, the Women's Intercultural Exchange is really living out its mission in terms of uh, all the various programs and, and outcomes of those, which comes to mind that it's, that's really special that you're seeing with uh, the Women's Intercultural Exchange. I would have to say there are three things that I think are, are very, very important. Um, one is uh, cross-cultural chats. Mm-hmm. And those are smaller groups, like 12 or 14 people of different cultures that get together like four times in four months. Or you could do it every other month, whatever fits that group's schedule. And they get to know each other, get to know more about each other's culture and become better acquainted in the sense of how can I help each other and then move to the next thing. Um, Multicultural conversations are important. And then the Mentoring Across Difference program, and that is where we um, have professional women that are mentoring university students, and we are at Johnson C. Smith University, uh, Queens, um, and UNC Charlotte. And we typically have 20 to 25 pairs every year, so, you know, you're talking about 50. So we've had 142 uh, young ladies go through this in the last six years. We started in 2010. And the other thing that to, is very, very important is I'm a firm believer that as women, we can do a lot on our own, but we have to have the partner of our men. And so part of the Women's Interculture Exchange is to have our champions, which is our men. And I like to to say that I believe they're the men who get Excuse me. They're the men who get it when women lead. And I think that's something that we all need to have because it's a 50-50 thing here. And we're just drawn and made to do mm-hmm. that. And it, and even today at the Worth um, Women Worth More event, we talked about how important it is to have more women in those roles because those companies actually do better because they have the feedback of the ones that's going to be the biggest purchasers and all that. But we have to work together, and right. Champions is that way that we can do that. Well, that's so nice of you to say um, because, you know, full disclosure, you know, as, as chair of the Champions, um, and, of course, uh, Glenn and I serve as Champions in general, we oftentimes like to think about ourselves as men, as you mentioned, who, who get it, but it's a journey, it's a process. We... Uh, we're learning every day. But one of the things that's, that's fascinating, I think, that needs to be mentioned, and I think it's probably been, been said throughout your professional narrative, really, is that oftentimes men uh, in these organizations have kind of created this climate, this sort of atmosphere um, that marginalizes women, right, that puts up all kinds of barriers, both uh, explicit and implicit biases that they have to deal with. And, of course, we have our own biases, so, yeah, so the work that, that we're trying to do, organizing uh, diverse men um, to understand trust at a deeper level, you know, is, is, as you know, it's pretty heavy lifting. You know, we've had some 
Uh, we had a wonderful event some time ago, and we had that panel at your mm-hmm. conference, at, at the conference. And I thought that was just incredible with Steve Bowman and uh, Manuel from um, Manuel, Fifth Third, Fifth Manuel Third, Ray from Manuel Fifth, Third. Fifth Third Bank, and Vanessa was Harrison was on that mm-hmm. panel, and mm-hmm. and it was really fascinating to have would it four hundred women at that conference was it at least it was about three hundred fifty to four hundred. Women right. there and some men and some men, good, right? Yeah, it was about men, 30, right? 40 yeah, minutes, good men, right? Right. Good about men. 30, 40 men, right? But that <laughs> yep. panel, that conversation we had, not about women leaning in, you know, uh, to be more ambitious, to be more motivated, but about men leaning in, uh, to really come to grips what they bring to the workplace and how they can mm-hmm. be role models for other men who are trying to get it. And so that was an interesting conversation, uh, so much so I remember the. Uh, I think about a week or two later, you know, we the conversation was so short, we had to have another one. We did. If you recall. We actually did. It was a couple months later that right. we brought, uh, and we filled the room there. Filled the room there. Filled the room there, just um, of having people interested in mm-hmm. what does that really mean and mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. we do a better job there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the conference that's coming up, this beautiful, wonderful 10th anniversary conference. Well, one, it's not a conference. My fault. That's fine, but too. but I, right. I have I have I have to say that because it is going to be different because yes. we really do conferences and for a reason because we have a lot of uh, important information that we really want to get out there for folks. But this is truly a 10th anniversary celebration, celebrating these 10 years on what we're doing. It is not going to be your typical chicken dinner. It is not. Really? No, it, it's not. So it will have cultural cuisine, definitely. And but no chicken. No chicken. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. No chicken. Um, and we will have entertainment from uh, all cultures. And it's going to be a surprise and it's going to be fun. We're going to have some other surprises that are happening that will allow all of us that are there celebrating to be interactive. And... Um, I just think that anybody who comes is just really going to get a good flavor of about who we are without having um, a talking head. But we will celebrate Stephanie and Dee as founders, and we will celebrate our trailblazers, which is Vanessa Harrison, uh, Sally Robinson, and Joan Zimmerman, um, because they really were a big part of this. And Vanessa Harrison, you said the name a few times. Uh, she's the president of AT&T. Correct. Here in North Carolina. North right? Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, exactly. It's always fun being in her presence. She gave a, um, AT&T did a, a, a reception last week on rolling out the gigabyte, you know, program. And, and it's always nice hearing her talk about her story and how she started really at the bottom of the company. She did. I mean, you know, and she came all the way to the top and, and how that happened for her. Wasn't a, it wasn't a crystal stair, I'll say. I mean, she had to work hard. Yep, she did. She mm-hmm. did. And she asked. She didn't wait. She asked. You know, mm-hmm. and, you, and you look at the other two women. Sally Robinson oh. has just done a tremendous amount for the community, oh, as well as Joan it. Zimmerman with yes. Southern Shows and mm-hmm. made this that company mm-hmm. um, just be so mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. But all in all, those, those three women mm-hmm. have just really been right there supporting mm-hmm. this organization since um, the mm-hmm. beginning. You know, essentially, I, I recall a, um, and you, you probably remember this better, whether it was Joan or Sally, I think, I remember either of them saying how important the Women's Intercultural Exchange was to them and how it sort of changed their outlook in terms of what's possible. 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. And, and Sally talks about it a lot because mm-hmm. she said, I really didn't get it until I started having the conversation and then mm-hmm. realized what that truly meant. And the story for Joan Zimmerman that I love is the fact that because of the Women's Interculture Exchange, when she goes to an event and has a table, her table is always a mixed table of people. So to to really have that dialogue going all the time because she is that that's that important to her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I know that um, you know at the height of all this disturbance here in Charlotte, so many organizations came out with statements and their position, how their their sentiments about you know how they felt about um, what was happening. I understand WIE has come out also with a statement. We we did we did and and I'll just read it to you. The Please. women's Intercultural Exchange is deeply saddened by the turn of events that began over a week ago. Our hearts go out to the families impacted by this tragic incident. As a diverse community, we must engage and appreciate different perspectives. WIE is committed to being a part of the solution and the dialogue to bring our community together to heal and move forward. Wow. Couldn't say that any better. No, I think that's pretty clear. Well, we're very excited. What's the date of this event? October 7th at the Ritz-Carlton. Starts at 6 o'clock. We still have a few tickets left. Oh, we're going to cut it, the ticket sales off on Sunday or if we sell out. Okay. How can someone get a ticket if they want to go? They can just go to our website uh, at wi-ce.net. Excellent, excellent. Very excellent. easy. Well, wonderful, wonderful. So it, this has been a great time we've shared with you. Oh, indeed, indeed. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, yes. thanks for the opportunity. We really appreciate the support. Well, this has obviously been some great news that you can use. <laughs> Have a great week. See you. This has been The Worth Report with your host, Nick Wharton and Glenn Wright. To learn more about Worth Financial and to speak to one of their advisors, Call 704-731-0121. That's 704-731-0121. Or log on to worthadvisors.com. That's worthadvisors.com.